1: Wonderful. How's everybody doing? Yeah? Good. Uh, did you guys see their new wall? Come on. We got a new wall. This is exciting. So if you've come in the last few weeks, you've seen we've just had this big plastic thing up against the, the deal here. And um, and so today, first day with our wall. And behind that is uh, quite a bit of um, expanded kid space, which is really good because that means... The kids that we, we serve here are now going to be divided. Uh, it's they, When you have large numbers of kids in a large age range, they will overwhelm you. And so now we can divide and conquer a little bit, which is exciting. Um, all of our kids, people say, yeah, come on. <clears throat> That's good. <laughs> You're like, preach. Yeah, we're excited about that. It's uh, it's really fun just seeing what God is doing and um, what he's making available for, for this church to be able to do. And... Um, Yeah, it's super exciting. It said the the youth deal's $150. Uh, Maybe you don't have a teenager, but you'd like to make a way for one to go. You're more than welcome to contribute and make sure that we know that that's what it's for. Um, And also... Uh, if you have a teenager, but you're like, that's pretty steep, um, understand that money's never a reason to not go. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. So if you can't afford it, we'll figure it out, okay? Um, we want your teenagers to have access to any opportunities to be involved in uh, what's going on around here. Um, I want to give a, a, I just, I was looking for you earlier, but I didn't see you as I was scanning. But uh, Sterling Hampton, would you just kind of stand up for real quick? Because you're amazing and really good looking. Stand up. <clears throat> Come on. <sighs> So, <laughs> so he's the one that painted everything you see back here. And in fact, not only did he paint that, he painted the whole building uh, when we first moved into space. But he painted it all, and it looks amazing. Thank you for taking time off work so we could have a nice facility. Good job. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and uh, it sounds like the snow has been pushed off a little bit. It was supposed to be snowy right now. Um, if you're new to Idaho and you've never driven in snow, have fun. It's gonna be, it'll, be, it'll be our pleasure to watch you. And, Actually, I'm from Alaska, so I'll give you some tips. Here's, if you've never driven in snow, um, I would advise you, when the first big snowfall we have, kids are out of school, they don't have school, so go to a school parking lot and learn how to drive, lose control, and then gain control again, and you don't gain control through your brakes. You touch your brakes, you wipe out, um, and if you turn your steering wheel, you wipe out, so, uh, you just kind of, like, loose grip and, uh, just on a soft foot, and, and you'll be fine, and, uh, just stop really early, especially if you're behind me, and, uh, and we'll be we'll be friends <laughs> hey people are driving crazy right now and it amazes me how nowadays it seems like if you turn on your turn signal around here people speed up you know they' like speed up to to get in your spot and um, I, I just like to say it didn't If you're from California, it didn't always used to be like that around here. I just want to say that's like a in the last couple of years thing, so we love you, Um, but if somebody turns on the turn signal, that means they want to move over, so slow down a little bit. It'll be okay. We will all get there. Is that all right? Yeah. I'm T. My wife's from California. Calm down. Um, She's from California? Yes. I went to school there. Um, Hey, this is holiday season, and I love it. It's Christmas. A lot of fun. Um, we are completely done shopping. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Uh, thank you to Jeff Bezos for the gift of, of Christmas boxes. Delivery, yes. Um, but it's actually quite stressful because when you're getting your gifts brought to your doorstep, you get the little notification that shows up and you're like, you've got to like look on the ring or have a neighbor run over there and grab your package because you never know, right? It's, it's, it's one of those times of the year where it's supposed to be really enjoyable and, like, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. But the truth is, for me, I get I get really stressed out this time of year. Um, all of the expectations, so many different things that show up. And last week, we talked about um, this idea of peace a little bit. But I, I want to talk about it some more because uh, this is a stressful time of the year. It really is a stressful time of the year. Um, we got... Christmas party, and then you get ready to go to the Christmas party, but then your spouse tells you like the night of that like they have a Christmas party that they're supposed to be at, and so you get ready, but then the kids tell you that they have a sleepover the same night as the Christmas party, but then they also have a Christmas party the same day, so it's, it's you're going in a thousand different directions, right, this time of year, and it can be quite stressful. For me, what that looked like was about two days ago, uh, we were driving home. And as we pulled into our neighborhood, pulled into the neighborhood, and I suddenly realized I didn't know where I was. And I stopped in the middle of the road, and I said, Kim, where am I? She explained where I was, and I was able to get home. Because this time of the year can be more stressful than we like to acknowledge and if you're prone to stress or if you're prone to anything stress amplifies whatever it is that you are prone to in fact 48% of americans say they are dealing with more stress this past year than they do than they dealt with in the past, in the previous 5 years 77% of americans say that they exhibit physical symptoms of stress 48% of americans say stress regularly causes them to Lose sleep, and seventy-three percent say it has had some psychological symptoms. That's a lot of people, even in this room, that if I was to ask you at an honest dinner table, you would say you are experiencing stress. We have technology. We have these amazing things that we can uh, we can do all kinds of crazy stuff. We got more power here than it took to put a human on the moon, and yet this thing right here is a major contributor to the anxiety and the stress and the loneliness that we feel. Every time one of those red icons pop up and say, you need to check me right now, you need to check me right now, it is triggering things in your brain that create stress, and that's the world we live in. One out of five Americans say they have a physical manifestation of stress, what am I talking about? I'm saying like they can't sleep well. They experience anxiety or panic attacks. They deal with depression, like a situational depression that comes from stress or an increased heart rate. All, all of this stuff happens this time of the year for us, doesn't it? It's this time of the year that we deal with pressure. Pressure. And life changes. Life is always changing on us. But, but the problem is because life is always changing, we constantly have to adapt to that. And every time there's a change, it introduces more stress in our life. And, and science would tell us that 60% of all illness has a root cause of stress. 60% has a root cause of stress. Of stress. Anybody encouraged? Here's where stress comes from in our life. First place stress comes from in our life is from our relationships, doesn't it? And it comes from our relationships because we have a misaligned sense of identity. We get stress in our relationships because we believe that we are valuable or that we have a sense of identity based on what other people say or think about us. And, and so we start chasing the acknowledgement of other people, what they say or what they think about us. And it, it, it's this, this rat race that never ends, trying to find the approval of somebody who's really worried about finding the approval of, some, of somebody else, like, like just constantly trying to find this. And the truth is it just creates stress and anxiety in our lives. It doesn't just come from seeking the approval of other people. Another way that relationships introduce stress into our lives is, is the experience we have through relationships. Maybe the stress you're experiencing today is because of the loss of a loved one. It's stressful. You say, no, I, it's fine, I can deal with it. Yeah, you can, but the truth is the stress you're experiencing is real. Maybe you experience stress because of a confrontation that you've had or maybe a coaching moment you need to give and that creates stress in your life. Or maybe for you, stress looks like marriage. Like you thought marriage was going to be like happily ever after. And then you discover that God puts you with people that are not like you so that you can be conformed into the image of Christ through butting heads with somebody else, like it's crazy because we think like, oh, they're amazing, like like like, like she's am- she takes my breath away, right? And then later you're like, like she sucks the life out of me, right? <laughs> <laughs> because because marriage can be stressful, or maybe for you it. It kind of is marriage, but it's not. Maybe for you, the stress you're experiencing actually comes from divorce. Maybe you're walking through divorce, and so you just have this massive level of divorce. you You thought it would make things easier. The truth is, it made things more complicated. the expectations of others. or maybe for you the the real the real stressor in our lives. kids. <laughs> Right? Maybe, maybe you thought kids was going to fix the marriage, but the truth is, they really made things a lot more fun and more interesting. Because kids introduce stress. Maybe, maybe you're sitting next to your stress today. Like maybe, maybe he's sitting right next to you. Right? Maybe you put a ring on stress. You know what I'm saying? You put a ring on anxiety, the source of anxiety in our life, and it's a natural experience that we all have. And what's weird is we all think we don't have a reason to be stressed. So my daughter, she's, she's 11 now, but even when she was younger, until this day, whenever we wake her up in the morning, like, hey baby, time to get up. It's church in the morning, or it's time for school. She wakes up with these words, ah, you're stressing me out. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean I'm stressing you out? You've been sleeping for 11 hours. You're not stressed. You go, like, oh, I'm so stressed out. Oh, this is terrible. It's like, girl, you're you're fine. Like, wait till life really happens, right? Like, then you'll know what stress is. Just do what I say and you won't be stressed out. (laughs) Like, don't do what I say and you're going to be stressed out. (laughs) The reality is, is that even though, like, it's easy for us to be like, oh, that's so cute. A little kid thinks they're stressed out. The reality is, is that their stress, their experience of stress is just as real as you trying to close a deal. It, it, is, it is just, like the body does not know whether it's some, some small stress that happens because dad is too excited in the morning or the stress of trying to run a startup business. Your body doesn't know the difference because your body equates stress to the same thing as running from a lion no matter if it's in your head or it's a physical, like you're running from a lion. It's a real experience, and it happens through our relationships. And it happens because we live in a fallen world with people that have problems. Like, the stress in your life is because of the people that are also dealing with fallen propensities in their lives. And so while they stress you out and and they stress me out, you and I are stressing them out. We all introduce anxiety and stress into each other because it is a fallen world. Jesus, Jesus actually promises us this. Anybody want a promise from the Bible? Hey, I want a promise to put on my refrigerator. This is it. Here we go. John chapter 16, verse 33 I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Come on somebody, you need to get a tattoo. Jesus says you're going to have tribulations, you know what I'm saying, like, it's going to be a problem, Jesus. Jesus. You're going to experience difficulty. You're going to experience anxiety. You're going to experience stress. It comes from relationships. It's a promise from your Savior. Ha! really is. In fact, people say, like, I thought Jesus came to bring peace on earth. Actually, that's not in your Bible. Jesus says it like this. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I came to bring a sword. That's what he says. Because in this world, in this world system, you're not going to experience a stress-free life. You're going to experience stress. You're going to experience it. So we come sliding into 2022, hoping that it's not a, a three-peat of 2020. Or, you know, Like, like hope, hopefully this, this thing will calm down and we can stop having communion that tastes like styrofoam, you know? Like, that would be am- When he said, like, this, this bread represents the body of Christ. I was like, this styrofoam represents the bread that represents the body of Christ. Hey. Amen. Christian Lunchables, right? Like, <laughs> the Bible says it like this, that in Psalm 34, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Can I tell you that God's plan for the stresses and the sources of anxiety in your life is not to just uh, remove them so that they're, they're not part of your life anymore. I mean, sometimes we pray that. Right? God, would you just take this crazy woman out of my life? God, would you just take, take this frustrated man out of my life? Would you, would you remove the stress from my life? And can I tell you, God's real intention for your life is not to remove all the stressors, but instead to bring you through the situation. It's what he does. He he doesn't take you out of the problem. He brings you through the Red Sea. Like, like if you want that better marriage, the grass is not greener somewhere else. The grass is the greenest wherever you shovel the most horse manure. (laughs) You better not amen so hard. You're in trouble. The next source of stress in our life is time. Time is a stressor. And time is really a stressor because we all have these deadlines we live by and, and and we believe this lie that says, I am what I do. And if I am what I do, I have a limited amount of time to do. And so I've gotta, I've gotta really crunch in the, the work that I do that gives me my sense of significance or I've got to crunch in between my moments of work the relaxing activity that I think is my identity because I am what I do. I am a rock climber. I am a fisherman. I am whatever it may be. But the truth is that sense of like I've got to crunch everything into time only adds to the stress in your life. So we live with deadlines, and we live with legal issues that, ha- that are time-bound, and we have retirement on the horizon. Maybe some of us have the sunset on the horizon. Maybe some people, you have a birth on the horizon. And so all of these things create a sense of stress that comes through time. And, and can I tell you that you cannot keep living life at a rapid pace and be a healthy person? You can't burn the candle at both ends convincing yourself that you're doing it for the sake of the family. You can't keep doing that and have all that God wants for your life. Because the truth is you can waste all of your time searching for the wrong things. Luke chapter 21 says like this, that people are fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. It's talking about the last days, that, that, that people become so consumed with what's about to happen. Stress creates this stress, this ang- anxiety that comes through our relationship to time. And then what happens is we, we, we have other people that, Love to be our time management accountability partners, don't we? Like the best way you could spend your time is with me. <laughs> you know We have so many other people that want to get into our world to tell us how to manage time, and they, they put things into our ca- they're expecting things to be in our calendar, and, and we feel this sense of like I, I've got to measure up for everybody that needs me and I'm just saying th- those people that are expecting all the time in the world from you. They have great intentions, but they are not your accountability partner for your time management. You've got to have moments of rest in your life. You've got to have moments where you just turn the engine down and calm down a little bit. The third way that we get stressed in our lives is money, 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 right? We get stressed out. Money is stressful, and it's stressful because we believe the lie that we are what we have. And if I am what I have, then my money is the source of my significance. It's the source of my my purpose in life. We all have money problems, and so we find that our pace in life will get out of focus because we're chasing Money, maybe stress will show up because of money. Like if you lose your job, or or maybe you get a new job, or maybe you're having the same job. Creates stress because of financial situations. Can I tell you that this, there's a secret to getting out of debt? There's a biblical secret to getting out of debt, and it's not tithing. I know this. Like if I if I was a smart preacher, I would. Plug tithing right now. It's not tithing. The secret to getting out of debt is spending less money than you make. (laughs) It's the same secret to losing weight. We all know it. We all know it. It's you take in less calories than you spend, right? That's the secret to losing weight. Same thing with money. The problem is it's hard. It's easy to say it. It's easy to be like, yeah, it's hard to do it because there's so many expectations that create stress that make us buy stuff we don't need. And 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Can I, can I tell you, like, you may be in a situation where you do need a, a better financial margin. Like, maybe you do need more money, but, but what you really need is not a bigger paycheck. What you really need is a good idea, and you need good people in your corner. I'm telling you, you get godly people around you that can help you think through how to manage your money. Like, you get godly people that can help you make a business idea turn into something that could be a a legacy item for your family. Like, I'm just saying, like, there are people that can help. We're a generation that doesn't even know how to balance a checkbook. We never did it. And then we have an older generation that stands around, they're like, none of these kids can balance a checkbook. That's because it's your job to pass on some practical life stuff. Pastor, that's not spiritual. No, it would be very spiritual of you to be like, I'm going to do a small group this next semester and it's going to be called How to Balance Your Checkbook. And we're going to talk about, I'll tell you, if you did that, You'd be packed out every night, and you would transform marriages and homes yes. by simply showing a younger generation how to handle their money, because it's a massive stressor, isn't it? One of the biggest sources of fights in marriages, money. And here's the, the big deal with money is it, it, it's a behavior problem, and you don't outgrow behavior problems. You don't just grow up and get, get past them. I know five-year-old brats. I know 55-year-old brats. <laughs> At some point, you've got, you got to bring people into your life that can speak into these areas. You've got, you got to get rid of that proud thing and say, hey, I, I need help. All right. Here's what the Bible says in, in 1 Timothy 6:10 for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and have pierced themselves with many pains he's saying because of money people are experiencing pressure and stress that they didn't need I'm telling somebody today that we get stress because of our relationships because of time because of money and, and you, need, you need real rest in your life. And, and rest isn't sleep. R- rest is, is more than, than just going to bed at night so you can get there the night. You ever go on a vacation? Because vacation is going to be super restful. And then you get back from the vacation and you walk into work and you're just like a zombie walking into work. You're like, I need a vacation from my vacation. Because you can plan out the whole vacation. Disneyland was fantastic. The kids enjoyed it. But you didn't calm down. Like, you didn't relax at all. You didn't rest. Rest is different than actual sleeping. We live in this world, and there's so many things going on in the world around us. And we pick up the flavors or the smells of the things around us. My wife and I, we went to a Mexican restaurant just recently. Anybody love tacos? Come on. I've got seven of you that love the Lord. And <clears throat> the rest of you, I don't know what your problem is. Tacos are amazing. And, um, and we went to the, <laughs> this, this restaurant, and my, my daughter, she's super simple. So she orders. She's my example for this Sunday. So you can thank her for this entire message. Um, she, she orders Pintos and beans, or pintos and cheese. That's what she always gets like a little bowl of pintos with rice and cheese. That's all she ever wants at a taco place. And the other day, we, we went to a taco place. She got out her pintos and she took the first bite of those pintos, and those pintos tasted a lot like the cleaner. That was being sprayed on all the tables around us. Like her pinto's tasted like Fabuloso. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was not the best tasting beans, and and I'm certain that nobody sprayed her pinto's with Fabuloso. It's just they were in the environment, they were close to it somehow. Somehow in proximity, a flavor got onto it. When I was a kid, I um, I grew up in northern Canada in the Yukon, and um, There's not a lot to do in in the winter, and so I would go to this place. They called it the green room. The green room was a pool hall, and I would go there to go play pool and listen to ACDC on the jukebox. You know, that's... So what we would do, and we'd go play, and, and my, my parents, my dad didn't really like me going there because he felt like some of the crowd was seedy, which he was absolutely right, and, um, but it was a lot better than the other things I could have been doing, and so I, I would go to the pool hall, and look at me justifying it. <laughs> like, I've got the microphone, I'm right, and, um, <laughs> and my dad would be like, he'd be like, what did you do tonight? And I, I would say, oh, we were just out driving around, he'd be like, no, you weren't. I'd be like, yeah, we were just out driving around. He said, I can smell it on you. He's like, I can smell the cigarettes from the pool hall. Like, I didn't have to smoke a cigarette, but I smelled like somebody's tobacco, like pipe, you know what I mean? Because like, I was in this room that was like this cloud. Because you don't have to be the one doing the things to be affected by it. You don't have to spray the pintos with the fabuloso. It just needs to be close to it. And so many of the things in our life that we're close to create stresses. You know, I I mentioned that, that I had this weird experience earlier this week where I didn't know where I was. It's not the first time it's happened. About eight years ago, I went through a season when every single night I would tell my wife goodbye at night. I wouldn't say goodnight. I would tell her goodbye because I thought I would die every single night. I couldn't breathe. I I could not get a full breath of air. And then I would have these weird experiences where um, it was as though a sliding glass door slid in front of my face. And I could see you out there and I could hear you out there. But it was like another world was happening on the inside of the sliding glass door And this would happen four to five times a day. And somebody's like, oh, that's because you did LSD when you were young. No. (laughs) No, no, no. This this is not like stuff stuck in my fat cells. Like, no, that's not what this is. I never did a hallucinogen. That's what I was experiencing, and it scared me. But I thought I could handle it on on my own because that's what we do, right? It's not that big. I don't have that much stress in my life. I'm just fine. I can handle it. And one day my dad and my brother-in-law saw it happen and they said there's something wrong. You have to go to the doctor. I went to the doctor and the doctor he's he's got his his glasses and he's got his notepad and he's asking me about my symptoms. So what do you do? And I say, "Well, I pastor a church." And he starts laughing at me. I was like, "What are you laughing for?" He said, "You guys all have this. This is stress." This is stress. I can prescribe medicine to you or you can start taking some practical steps to change your lifestyle. And so that put me on a journey of really trying to discover how to manage the stress in my life. And obviously this past season has been stressful or I wouldn't have experienced what I experienced this week. But I'm going to tell you the things that I have learned that do fix stress or do help it. And they come from two places. If you're not a believer today, they come from a study out of Stanford. If you are a believer today, they come from Philippians. (laughs) Hey, hey. (laughs) This one is not in Philippians, but it is in Stanford. Brother Stanford says, (laughs) physical exercise, people. Physical exercise will help reduce the stress in your life and it can't be it can't be arduous hard exercise that actually doesn't reduce stress G- going as hard as you can having a, a personal trainer scream in your ear is actually stressful <laughs> yeah. it's got to be physical exercise you actually enjoy like going for a walk like. Doing something just active, but but not where it's stress. It's not inducing stress. Okay, that's, that's the first thing. Now we'll get back to the Bible. According to Stanford, they say there's two things that you need in your life. This is Stanford, not a Christian study. They say one is you need meditation. The next one is you need religion. That's right. I think that was my wife. That was the pastor's wife. Like, what? (laughs) You need need meditation and you need religion. In Christianity, what we call that is prayer. That's what we call that. Here's what it says in Philippians. We read this last week. And Ryan, who's doing service leading, actually read it the week before that. It says this in Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. If you want to reduce the stress in your life, you've got to get into the presence of God. I'm telling somebody it's not about a mental exercise to memorize certain tenets of faith and now I'm, now I'm good. That's not what we're really talking about. What we're really saying is if you want to, to enter into this thing called Christianity, it's about the presence of God. Because in his, presness, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I, I'm telling somebody today... That what you really need most in your life is not to to just do the mental thinking of of faith. What you really need to do is enter into the presence of God. There's so many people that come to our services and and I'll ask them, it's like, "Why, why do you come to Celebration Church? Or why did you start coming to Celebration Church? And they'll say this. Most of the time they'll say, because I felt the presence of God. I felt something. And I'm just telling you, that's what our goal is. Our goal is not to fill you with make you filled with all kinds of of great thoughts. The goal is to get you into the presence of God. Like no one's no one's coming like, oh, I came because the, the speaker was just such a great orator. No, they came because the presence of God was here, and when you're in his presence, he changes things. And I'm saying you can do this. If you're dealing with stress, life is too much right now. Maybe the loneliness is too hard right now. What you need is to get into the presence of God. Raise your hands toward God. Say, God, I need your presence in my life. I need you to move in my situation because there is power in prayer. There's power in his presence. There's power in worship. Like, Don't let prayer be your final resort. You remember the old hymn, it would say, like, when you've tried everything and everything has failed, try Jesus. Like, no! Try Jesus first. Like, go for Jesus first and then try everything. Like, I'm just saying, like, when you enter into his presence, there's power. Enter into his presence. The next thing, according to both Stanford." In Philippians, you need to find a good sense of self-control, or a sense of control. You need to feel like in a world where your decisions aren't making a difference, there is something you can control. Not blaming the things that you can't control, instead choosing the things you can control. I'm not talking about like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. I'm saying, legitimately, what can you control when you can control nothing else? Philippians tells us he's giving giving us instruction on how to find peace in our lives. He says this: Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these. Things. I'm saying like anger comes through unfulfilled expectations, but when you have a sense of self-control and you say, I choose not to focus on the things that are unfulfilled in my life, I choose not to focus on the expectations I had, I, I choose, I, I may not be able to control what she does, what he does, I may not be able to intervene in any of these situations, I can control one thing in my life and that's this bad boy right here. I can choose to control this thing. And when this thing wants to go off on a tangent, I can say, no, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything good, if there's anything lovely, if there's anything pure, it's going in here. Like I'm going to choose anything that does not fit those criteria go out because my Bible says that I am transformed by the renewing of my mind. And I can control this. I, I, I can actually choose not to sit on those lustful thoughts. I can choose not to sit on those resentful thoughts. I can choose not to sit on blaming other people. I can choose what goes on in here. And when you have a sense of no, my hormones don't control this thing. My circumstances don't. I'm not slave to my genetics. This thing I get a control, and when you take control over that, in the middle of a chaotic world, you say no. You can do everything you want to do, but you're not getting in here. The Apostle Paul. Let me say, like taking control. One of the best things you could do if you're dealing with a sense of lack of control or stress, go home, clean your room. I know it because I'm a messy person. I just, I just go and I forget. I, like, I just go and then I'll come into my office and there'll be books on the floor and I'm like, what in the world? Who put those there? <laughs> no, I'm going to take control, put them back. Taking control. The next is this. According to Stanford, they said if you want to reduce the stress in your life, you need close relationships. According to the Apostle Paul, what you need to be is in the presence of God's people. In, In fact, he says it like this in the same verse, verse 10. He says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. What Paul is saying is, I thought you had forgotten about me, and I am very excited that you had not forgotten about me. Like, I thought I was alone, left alone in a prison, and no one was thinking about me, and it makes me so excited to know that someone else is thinking about me, that someone else is praying for me, Telling somebody today, if you want to experience, like, freedom in your life, you need to be in the presence of God. You need to be in the presence of God's people. Like, because there's people that walk through these doors every day, and and you come, every Sunday, you come through, and you still think, like, man, nobody's thinking about me. I'm telling you, the Apostle Paul, he began this correspondence thing going on, and he recognized, no, there's people actually thinking about me. There's people that actually care about me. You know what I do when I get lonely? When I start to think nobody sees me, nobody, nobody... Nobody knows. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll text or I'll call four or five friends. I'll shoot out text to four or five friends, just initiate a conversation. And it may take a couple hours. They'll start responding. And those responses might turn into a phone call. Why do I do that? I, I do that because when I feel like no one knows, I need to revive that knowledge, what Paul says. Revive the knowledge that you are concerned about me. This is why as a church, we we are a church of groups. Like if you're coming to this church, you come on a Sunday, we're gonna love you. I'm gonna do my best to preach and you're gonna hopefully leave inspired and encouraged and hopefully there'll be something tangible you can take with you. But if you want real transformation in your life, you need to surround yourself with other believers and the way we do that is through groups because you can't do life alone and loneliness in and of itself is stressful. All right, as the band would come, I'll give you the last one. The last one is this. According to Stanford, he, they call it Cognitive flexibility. According to the Bible, it's the idea of contentedness. It's the ability to, in any situation, be content with where, where I am. Here's what Paul says in verse 11 I have learned, in whatever situation I am, to be content, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. He's got a secret. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. To deal with stress, one of the last things you need to learn to be content with whatever your station is, whatever your place is, to just be okay with where you are in life, to be okay with, I'm in need, and that's okay. I'm able to help somebody else, and that's okay. I'm hungry, and that's okay. I'm full, and that's like coming to a place of contentedness. It's a Christian virtue. But Paul tells us how to get there the way we find contentedness in our life is not by saying, I've just got a strong inner will. It's not how we do it. He says it in the final verse. He says, I can do hunger. I can, I can do abundance. I can do nothing. I, I can do money in the bank, no money in the bank. And here's how. The last verse, because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like there is this knowledge of knowing, I can can do a a marriage when everything is smoking, everything is good. I can do a marriage when we don't like each other, we love each other, but we don't like each other right now. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I don't like my job, I can do that because he strengthens me. When I love it, I can do that because he strengthens me. Would you stand with me all across the room? In this season where our anxieties are amplified, where our stresses surface, I just believe we should be the kind of people that are marked by a peace in our lives. And Paul tells us in Philippians how to get there. We've gotta be people of the presence of God. We've gotta be people with a sense of control. We're not just gonna to be tossed around with every wave. me control this thing. We have gotta be people that are marked by the presence of God's people. We, we really embrace and, and we recognize not only do I need people to care about me, but if I express concern towards other people, that benefits them. And lastly, we've got to be people that are fully persuaded that we can do anything in Christ Jesus. Right where you're at right now, maybe raise your hands towards them or whatever. and I just want you to pray out loud with me. But I'm just believing God wants to free some people of some baggage we've been carrying, of some pressures we've been walking around saying it's just, it's not a big deal, but the truth is it is affecting you. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your peace, which surpasses all understanding, flood our hearts and our minds. Lord, we, we, we surrender from every, every false expectation that we are what we do, we are what we have, that we are what people think about us. And God, right now, I'm asking that you would speak to your sons and your daughters and you would say, you are my daughter. You are my son. I'm proud of you. And I love you. May the peace of God be what marks us. Right now, I wonder if there's if there's anybody in the room. You actually want prayer. Maybe it's healing. Maybe you need healing today healing in your body or healing in your mind. Maybe you need the Lord to deliver a situation. Maybe there's something going on, whatever it is, and you need you need prayer today. I'm going to invite you to just come down to the front or step out into the aisle. Just, I just think there's something powerful about attaching movement to a step of faith. So step out of your chair, into the aisle, or come to the front if you need prayer. Right now. There we go. Come on. Come on. That's good. That's good. The presence of the Lord is here. If you believe that the Lord can work in these lives or maybe you've experienced his power, uh, I want you to come join one of these. We're gonna pray for him right now. If you just sense the Lord saying, hey, get in there. Go join with somebody right now. We serve a miracle-working God. We serve a God that still heals. He still saves. He still delivers. Here's what I want you to do. Just ask Him what you're praying for. Don't, Don't just pray blindly. Ask Him what you're praying for. I just want you to sense how the Holy Spirit would have you pray. Whether that's praying for comfort, for healing, for a miracle, whatever it is, how you feel like God wants you to pray. And I want you to pray for Him like you would want someone to pray for you. So, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we declare healing in this place. Father, your word says that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. So we declare healing from the soles of their feet to the top of their head. From the depths of their heart to the depths of their mind right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Strength be restored in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus anxiety be released in the name of Jesus be healed be healed in Jesus name touch my brother right now in the name above every other name family come on church just the name that's above every name the name of Jesus Christ he's our hope he's our strength he's the author and he's the finisher of our faith that's it I hear people praying over other people it's a beautiful sound speaking life in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Church family, I just, I love being, being around people that pray. I love being around people that pray. worship the Lord
0: together. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church, to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.